Okay, so nase autum means we use this stuff in English all the time. We're just this is it gives us a language to describe what we're saying. But right. we say it's, these this kind is of grammar. Nase autum is in the cohortative tense. Remember. Let us make man in our image. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's say let, let's see what the what the medrash says. The Medrash says, That time when God came to create man, Ra, he foresaw, he foresaw, Tzadikim Urashayim Yotzimimenu. Interesting. Meaning? Meaning that he had some genes that were good boys and some genes that were bad boys. So when the Abishta made man, he foresaw that out of his loins would come good boys and naughty boys, Rishayim and Sadiqim. Omar. So he said, that's the perfect tense, he said okay. to himself, Im ani If I create him, then Rishayim are going to come out of him. Is that what I wanted to create the world for? The imlo evroso, and if I don't create him, heich tzadikim yotzim imenu. No tzadikim. How 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 will the tzadikim come into the world? Yep. Yep. It's, it's just an, the most amazing medrash. B'shah shebo hakadosh baruch hu. The moment he's about to create, b'sha'ah. That moment, that sentence. He he he. He just had to stop and think about. What, what's he creating? What's it remind you of? Frankenstein, right? You're creating a Jekyll and a Hyde, or I'm creating this monster, this mad scientist. Yeah. It's created. This the, we have this genre in right, Western sure literature. Let's clone a sheep. What will be the effect? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm about to create the yeah. human being, and this amazing Rabrechia, third century Amora, is putting in the mind of God. A kind of okay, wait, wait, wait. I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a little child in a toy shop. I'm creating Meccano, and I, I this is getting out of hands. The, 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 I'm creating some right. kind of right, dual right. monster, dual. Right, right, right. My right. Osakarish So what did he do? Yeah. What did he do? Let's invent the internet. <laughs> what did he do? Hiflik darchan shel reshaim keneged pano. What? What he did was he distanced the ways of the wicked for before him. Ah. And and he brings a proof text from Tehillim, the very first capital Tehillim, Ki Yodeya Hashem Derech Tzadikim, God knows, meaning he's intimate with the Tzadikim, for Derech Hashem Tzadikim, but he's distanced. How does this solve the problem? Is Rabrechia telling us what God did as a hey, I'm going to give you a little bit of information about the life of God. Or is he saying a protest? Excuse me. Um, guess who's responsible for Tzadikim? Guess who's responsible for Rishayim? And, and, and in the mind of God, the moment he is creating man, yes. he, is he having a panic attack? Oh my gosh! He's thinking about this. He's thinking about this, and he goes out and does it anyway. He sees the tzaddikim <laughs> and the rishayim coming from this same right. Adam. Okay. Well, he had to do this because otherwise he'd make an angel, or he'd make a, a, a demon, right? So ah, so is Rebrachia 
is Reb Rachia actually in fighting with some kind of polemic against the Zoroastrians or the Marcionites of the third century mm. that said, <laughs> yep. they're good men because they come from the good God. They're a bad man because they come from yep. the bad yep. God. Everything in this world is split between good and yep. evil. Yep. And the Kabbalah is obsessed about that. Uh-huh. How to resolve the unity of God uh-huh. and the duplicity of man, right. of good and evil in the world. Right. Who do you blame for this? Yes. There is evil in the world. There's demonic in the world, right? So Rabrachia said, God did a trick. <laughs> Using Psalm 1, I know what God did. He goes, I have to create you. I'm in the toy shop. I've already, the genie is out of the bottle. But you know what? I'm going to keep myself away, distance from the boy, the naughty boys. I'm just going to concentrate on it. Okay. I'm going to create, the, go ahead and create them, but then I'll ignore them. Right. Now let's see. You see that there, there are difficulties, right? I, I'm, I'm arrested by this medrash and I can't, I can't move anymore. <laughs> Because it, it, what is Barachi? How do I unpack Rabrach? Okay, so now we're going to look at the Bob of a Roof okay. and we're going to see what does he do to bear down on this Medrash to make some sense of it. Okay, so the first thing he does in true Midrashic style, he goes to another Posak, and the other Posak is verse 11. Verse 11, that's before we made man. Oh. In verse 11, it says, Vayom Elohim desha. Let the earth bring forth desha, grass. Asev Masriya Zera, herb yielding seeds, producing seeds. Eight Puri. Oh, eight Puri. How do I translate eight Puri? Fruit tree? Fruit tree. Fruit tree. Osepri Lemino. Each one making according to its species. And it seeds itself on the ground. And it was so. Now Rashi quotes the Medrash. Why did you just bring that in? It doesn't come right after this. No, it comes before Nase Odom. But in true Midrashic style, he can bring a pasuk from anywhere in Tanakh to bring to bear, to give us meaning. So go back to verse 11. Eight Puri. What does Rashi say? It's pre something very, very strange that we don't understand in biology. That the taste of the fruit is the same as the taste of the tree, tree itself. So it sounds like if you chew on a branch, it's going to taste the same. Absolutely. Lefika, right? I can't mean that. What? Literally, literally, so what? Wait, so, so stay tuned. Exactly. So, right? so initially, initially, he created a fruit tree in which the fruit tasted like the tree. Okay. Vehi lo osasokane. Then the question is, so what? But the earth didn't obey. Oh. What? The earth refused. Whoa. The earth refused. Elo. What? Elo. Because in the next verse it says something different. Vatot oretz. Now the earth it did it by means, and it was so. God commanded it to be so. But what did the earth do? Vatot oretz desha. Yes, he did the grass just like it was told. The eight osepri veloha eight pri. Look at the words. The eight. It should have said, and he did exactly what he's told. The seedling, the grass brought the seedling, and the fruit tree. 
He didn't say the fruit tree. Here, it, the, the, the command was eight pre. Eight pre, meaning the whole tree fruit is a fruit. Tree fruit, right? Fruit tastes like tree. Tree tastes like fruit. Fruit tree. He says eight. There's another word in between. Osepri. The eight produce the fruit, which means that the fruit is not the eight, and the eight is not the fruit. But the eight is this, and it produces the fruit. So the fruit of the tree is not the taste of the fruit of the bar. So, so that's what that's the havamina. The havamina. Where we sit, where, wherever we say, and it was so. Why do we bother? Why do we say that? Duh, obviously it happened. But we but we go on and we say, and it was so. And it wasn't there's so. a possibility <clears throat> that it might not have been so. We have to go ahead and say, and it was so. That's brilliant. Yeah. But it doesn't say, and it, and it doesn't, and we don't know if God agreed or not. Well, we do. At the end of the Posik says, Vayar Elohim ki tov. And God saw that. So the, the, the Baba Varov is taking Nase Adam Batameinu about the Tzadikim the Rishon. Now he's bringing this strange pasuk about the eight pre, the pre eight, the eight sosa pre, the fruit of the tree and the taste of the tree and the taste of the fruit and the fruit doesn't taste like the tree. No. Now he brings the Sefer Chentov and the Sefer Chentov addresses the disobedience of the earth. The earth refused. I'm not making a tree tasting like a fruit. I'm making a tree that produces a fruit. What kind of business? Who are you? You're not God. You're the earth. Monty Python enters once again. He poses several questions. After Hashem's command to the earth to create the trees, it says, suggesting that it was done the way he suggested. Otherwise, it wouldn't say, and it was so. This isn't the case. What then is the meaning of the word Vayahichem? In addition, the Medrash, in Bracious Rabbah 5 8, mm-hmm. writes that the reason the earth is called Eretz is because of the root Resh Tzadik, which means rots. What is rots? Run. Loshon run. It runs to do the will of Hashem. Or not. That's inconsistent with its behavior right now. You just said, my name is Oretz because I'm always very obedient. Well, look what you just did now. You disobeyed. We well, said that the ground is. Well, it says he's running. It doesn't say he's running to do. It could be he's running away. But the Medrash says it's running to, to one do. reason, okay. to do God's will. Okay. 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 So the Chentov answers, if you're telling me, that it says so then it should have been that way and if you're telling me that it's ha'oretz means ruts then it should have been that way you have two reasons to fulfill god's will why didn't it so the chain tov explains that the earth also had to make a calculation like god was making a calculation when he said nase odom and at that moment he had this like panic attack oh my god we're going to have tzadikim and rashoim the earth made the same calculation. And the earth knew that man was destined to sin on the earth. With an eighth pre. And would therefore be unworthy of the blessing of having both the tree and the bark of the fruit the same taste. So the earth made an executive decision. The colonel said X, but the command sergeant major said Y. It was an executive decision. The the man in the foxhole gets to make the (coughs) decision. Right. Only in Gan Eden, a place destined for tzaddikim, in the world to come, will they be worthy of this blessing. 
And that's what it says. Which blessing are we talking about? Chapter 2, verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. Vayitar Adonai Elohim gan ve'eden mikedem. Vayosem shom et ha'adam ashe yotzar. And there it says, Vayatzmach Adonai Elohim min ha'adama what does it say? Kol eitz nechmad lamare v'tov l'machol. Meaning, there in Gan Eden, where the tzaddikim are and not the Rishon, oh, there in Gan Eden, he planted an eitz, a tree that was what? Nechmad lamare v'tov l'machol. Beautiful to see and what? Good to eat. What was good to oh, eat? The tree. The tree. Does it say anything about the pre? No. So the Chento brings out the pshat. This is called deep pshat. That in Gan Eden. That's where it happened. That's where you will see the eight nechmat, the beautiful tree that is beautiful to see and good to eat. Mm-hmm. Only in Gan Eden. Only in Gan Eden. So therefore, the executive decision by the Oretz was... Uh, so now it stims and it was so it was so but only in Gan Eden and the, uh, the, 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 the land produced a tree not t- tasting like its fruit outside Gan Eden that's how the Chain Tov explains the problem with the text in the most marvelous way there was an executive decision that the earth made because it too had an existential crisis of why would the righteous get rewarded like the wicked? I want to spring a biological or because if the tree <coughs> tasted like fruit, people would eat the tree and then where would you get new trees? Oh, good, nice. Thank nice you. idea. Thank you. Good. But in Gan Eden, it's not a problem. Right. Yeah, nice idea. What does Aiden, Aiden mean? The word Aiden, Gan Eden? Eden means east. That's it? Yes. Okay. East of Eden. What was his name? Steinbeck. Steinbeck. Right. Where do you think he got it from? Even the bark itself was delicious to taste. And now go to chapter 3 by the sin. Verse 6. And the serpent was very, very cunning. And the Isha says to the serpent, Mi pre eats hagan no We can eat from the pre of the tree. Right. And then the Nochash says to her, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. Now look at, look at verse 6. Vatere ho'isha. Now which way is it going to go? Verse chapter 3, page 11. Vatere ho'isha, verse 6. And the woman saw. Ki. Tov. No, what was tov? Ki tov. Ha'etz. Lemacho. It doesn't say pre. No, right, it doesn't. She saw that the tree <coughs> itself, she's going to chew on the twigs. The twigs are good to eat. Just like God had said, and he planted in the Eden, right? That's exactly what he did. The but tree that he said, don't touch. Well, she saw that it was tov ha'etzlamachol. Do you understand? So, so we, we've come full circle. That's the proof text that in Gan Eden, where the tzaddikim are, 
the tree tastes like the fruit. So she didn't have to go to the fruit. She just took a piece of bark and she could see that it was, right? Yeah. But then we got the question of what do we mean by tzaddikim? And if she's a, a Well, Shia, yeah, okay, so okay. We've got I'm a just a whole new understanding of tzaddikim. Yeah. Never mind that. That's a side note. Vatikach Then she takes from the fruit. So what is what the Chainto saying? He posits that the reason the earth didn't follow Hashem's instruction was the same reason that God had when he was creating man. Maybe man was destined to sin. So should I create the world for the tzaddikim, but also the Rishon? Why does this eventuality deserve a posture like this? The wicked are going to violate the will of Hashem, and the earth veers from its divine mission to create fruit trees that have the same taste as the bark. A unique reaction in creation due to the earth foreseeing, like God, that man will sin. So what's the deeper meaning of a tree that has a bark that tastes like its fruit? So here the Baba Varuv gets quite musadic. The answers are found in an ethical dilemma. All too often we find people that pursue a noble goal in life using immoral or corrupt methods to attain that pursuit. They justify their distorted conduct by claiming that the ends justify the means. A graphic display of this distortion was the communist regime in Russia, whose murderous practices left tens of millions destitute and millions more dead. But they rationalized their actions by claiming that in order to achieve the goal of a society of equality, any depraved cruelty must be permitted. And I would suggest also that was the Nazis as well. They had a mystical goal, yes. uh, the, the Thousand Year Reich, but it had a mystical part to yes. that, yes. A, a, a utopian part. Yeah. And they were convinced that Jews were... Definitely so this corrupt logic of the ends justifying the means um, has encroached upon communities that are Torah observant. People place their children in morally compromised situations in the service of advanced education. They rationalize this as a determination to be able to give more money to Tzedakah through a competitive career only a top-notch education can secure. So it's a slippery slope. He's hurrying. How many Jews involve themselves in shady business practices, even stealing from others, <coughs> our shul, in order to arrive at some noble destination? Who's stealing from? This rationalization can never lead to an acceptable pathway. Members of it. So now the Chain Tov says, perhaps this was Hashem's desire for the earth to produce trees that had the taste of fruit. The fruit represents, and this is now the drush of the Baba Varuv, the fruit represents the ultimate goal. So the message is that just as we desire to attain a lofty goal, we must ensure that the tree, the wood, the bark, and whatever medium is utilized to produce that fruit has the same taste. Tam here means ethical taste. The same moral rectitude as the goal itself, which is the pre. When the earth foresees that the wicked were going to sin, excusing their corrupt ways by saying the end justifies the means. But it's the earth, what the earth's variance from what Hashem said. That's what makes it Because it foresaw that. Oh, yes. Yeah. But it's the earth is the one that messed it up. Hashem okay. said, do it nicely. So okay. the ends and the means are, are the same. And the earth says, no, I'm going to mess with okay. this. I'm going to do it differently. You're very rigorous. So here the earth recognized there was no longer a need to produce a tree with the taste of fruit. So there's an economy of spirit here. The earth is only going to do exactly what is necessary. 
right? But and by doing the so, the, the law of introduces badness into the Unfortunately, world. by saying, uh, what, what do I need to produce a fruit and a bark of a tree that tastes the same? The, the wicked aren't going to use it. Who's going to use it? The wicked aren't going to use it. So let me make it different so that the taste of the bark reflects the immoral practices in order to achieve the fruit. But you're right. By doing that, that, that maybe you could so say... So now we're back into the Zoroastrian dualism. Well, Hashem said, do it right, right. so everything is so good. Maybe, and the earth said, no, okay. I'm going to do differently than that. And that's how come we've got bad things going on in the world. Excellent. So we've got the good God that, and the that, bad that's God, a heaven and earth. That's a philosophical way of looking at it. I would look at it more mythically okay. and say, is there really an earth that talks? Who, who's doing the thinking here? God is producing everything. Everything is yeah. in the mind of God. But that, but the Let text seems to be so, saying not like that. But okay, the, the, I'm unpacking the text, right? I'm saying that the text splits between God's mind in the mind of the Breshit Rabbah of this panic attack before he creates man. Yeah. Right? That's a projection of the rabbi. Yeah. And then by saying that the earth rebelled, he's also projecting onto a lower form of the mind of God, because everything is in the mind of God, of what the earth would possibly say. We're anthropomorphizing the earth by saying that the earth made an executive decision. Well, I'm not looking at it philosophically. You're right. Philosophically, it doesn't make philosophical, logical sense, because the earth is actually solidifying uh, the the behavior of the rich because you're bringing in the assumption that Hashem controls everything and yes that is exactly what what we say right but we're not seeing that in the text right so we're, that's an assumption that we're bringing into the thing the text seems to be going with the Zoroastrian line that there's the good God that tries to correct do it right and then the earth from the perspective of the Oretz right so wait let he now he goes back to the proof text why the Abishta said. Okay, I'm going to create this schizophrenic, but what I'm going to do is what? Tehillim verse 1. Ki yodea Hashem derech tzadikim v'derech rishoim ta'abed. Hashem knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Here it meant I'm distancing myself so that I can create man. I'm going to distance myself from that thought that I am producing these Hitlers, right? Right, right. So Hashem well, do it, treasures, but you hear, but now the Chain Tov and the Bob of the Rov is being medaic on the word derech tzadikim, the derech rishoim. Ah, it's the medium used by the tzadikim and the medium used by the rishon. The derech of the rasha, remember this rasha is giving big tzedakah. He's giving millions of dollars to the Weizner and Kahal Hasidim, right? He's, but his means of attaining the money to give that is improper. Whereas the derech of the tzadikim says the fruit must uh, the, the the fruit of the tree uh, must parallel the taste of the the bark. I thought that this was an amazing example of Polish Hasidus taking that trajectory of the pshat and the problems that are very real in the text that Breshit Rabbah and Pirkei Derebelezem Sikta Derav Kahana deal with this very two psukim and reworking that medrash in a Hasidish way to say, okay, do, do the ends justify the means? If the end is Torah and its institutions and its mitzvahs, then am I allowed to deviate in order to get there? In order to get there.